Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. All right, so I'm, I'm really excited this morning because uh, we're going to be hearing the message from Amber. He's, she's a member of our congregation, and this is her first time ever preaching, uh, which is a super exciting thing. So um, you're welcome to, are you going to preach off the, the table? Yeah, so why don't you come on, on, on up and get yourself sorted while I um, read the Bible reading for this morning. We are headed to... Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I just wanted to pray for Amber as she begins, and I know that, of course, we are a warm and welcoming and authentic community here, so I encourage you to give her every sense of visual enthusiasm that you would give me of a Sunday uh, as she brings the word this morning. So let's pray. Loving and gracious God, I thank you for Amber, and I thank you for the gifts that you have given her in her life, her experiences, her relationships. And Lord, I thank you for the way you have prepared her heart this morning. I pray that you would be with her as she, she brings us your word this morning. May the words of her mouth, the meditation of her heart, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Open our hearts and minds to receive that which you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Hi. Um, thank you for that lovely introduction, Josh. Um, as he said, this is my first ever time preaching. So as you can imagine, I woke up this morning extremely nervous, but I know that you guys are going to be super welcoming and that it's hopefully going to be a good service. So uh, if you are new or you're watching online for the first time ever, we are currently 
nearing the end of our Shaping Culture series. Uh, this is where we've been looking at our church's values more in depth. So if you're not sure what those are, our values are authentic community, fervent prayer, radical generosity, welcoming hospitality, and relational evangelism. So far in this series, we've heard Josh talk about our church's vision, which is that we want to see the good news of Jesus transform Gula. We listened to Kath talk about what it means to be an authentic community. We've heard Ken tell us how we can demonstrate fervent prayer in our lives. Last week, we learned about radical generosity from Josh. And today, for our second to last week in the series, you'll be hearing from me talk about welcoming hospitality. If you haven't seen those previous sermons, I highly recommend giving those a watch. We have a Facebook page where you can watch them back. We have a YouTube channel, and we've even got a podcast if you just want to listen to it as you're driving to work or doing whatever you do amongst your daily lives. So with that, let's get on with it. So when Josh first asked me to preach, it was back in December, and I eagerly said yes, because at the time, March seemed like a long way away. I asked him what I'd be preaching on, and he said, welcoming hospitality. I thought to myself, yep, all right, I've got it. That's one of our values, but what am I preaching on? Turns out that is exactly what I'd be preaching on, and here I am today. So my next thought was then, how on earth am I going to talk about preaching, preach about welcoming hospitality for the next 20 or 30 minutes? Seems like a long time when you're writing a service. But this is what I came up with after praying and reading the scriptures. So first, I had to think about to myself, what exactly do I think welcoming hospitality is? Was it the memories of my mum making us clean the house before hosting a Bible study? Which, by the way, I called her earlier this week and I said, what are you up to? And she said, I'm cleaning the house. I said, what for? She said, Bible studies. So it's still true to this day. She still does it. Was it me inviting all of my best mates over for a dinner party and making sure I went to Audi first and getting the cheapest cheese platter for under 20 bucks that I could, which I still do. I'm pretty good at it, by the way. Or was it my dad offering any bloke that walks through the door one of his 4X golds? But for some reason, an old neighbour of mine, who, by the way, I haven't seen for over 10 years, this was in Roxby Downs when we used to live there, she popped into my head. That woman's name was Maria. Maria was a lovely Filipino woman who lived across the road from us, and she had a passion for baking. Now, when I'm talking about baking, I'm talking about, if you've ever seen Zumbo's Just Desserts, the amazing desserts that they could cook on there, or if you've got a favourite baker in mind and you can imagine all of the amazing creations that they create, that's exactly what Maria could do. She was fantastic. I'm talking, she's cooking with real chocolate, not the chocolate chips that I go and buy when making muffins, like real cooking chocolate, desserts that make your mouth water, food that you dream about when you're having a sugar craving. That was Maria's baking. But not only did Maria like to bake, she had a 
pardon the pun, a sweet spot for desserts. So my mother would get really embarrassed because my brother, sister and I, we'd go missing and she'd look over, she'd look around the house, she'd look, check the backyard for where we could be and then finally she'd have to go over to Maria's house, knock on the door and ask Maria if we were there and sure enough she'd look through the door, there's my brother, sister and I sitting at Maria's table eating her new creation, could be a triple chocolate brownie, a Mississippi mud cake, whatever it was. And you can, you can bet as well that she'd also be serving us some cup of tea, a coffee, a juice, a cordial, whatever we wanted, Maria would have it. So I guess that's what my idea of welcoming hospitality is. The doors always open to the weird neighbourhood kids whose mother never let them eat sugar, ready there with your chocolate brownies and a cup of tea. However, obviously not all of you had a, a Maria that lived next door, so that's just my version of it. Everyone has their own version of what welcoming hospitality is. So I decided to consult a professional on the matter, Dr. Google. With a few taps on my keyboard, I found that this is what apparently welcoming hospitality is. The definition of welcoming is behaving in a polite or friendly way to a guest or new arrival. And hospitality is defined as the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors or strangers. So from that definition, I can definitely tell that Maria did demonstrate welcoming hospitality. She was always friendly with us. She was definitely welcoming and generous with her dessert servings. However, both welcoming and hospitality don't just always talk about helping your friends out or helping your family members. They also talk about a new arrival or strangers. And that intrigued me. Would Maria have been so welcoming and hospitable if we were strangers knocking on her door? Would my mum have been so pedantic about the house being clean if she knew that she would never see those people again in her life? Would I host a dinner party for people that I don't know? Or would my dad be so generous of drinking half a carton of beer with some strangers? He probably would for the matter, but for this we'll say he's not. <laughs> what about you guys? Would you feel comfortable inviting a stranger that you barely, in, barely knew in for a coffee? Better yet, would Zacchaeus have been so welcoming to a stranger if he asked to stay the night instead of Jesus? I kept thinking about these questions whilst writing this sermon, and what might have happened is a different scenario if Zacchaeus was asked by a stranger to come and have a sleepover. So I came up with my own scenario. I pictured this. Picture this, it's Zacchaeus in present day. I go up and ask Zacchaeus, I've never met him before, I go up to him down the street, say, hey, Zac, it's present day, so his name's Zac now. And I say, you got a spare night, a spare bed for the night? Because I, I need somewhere to stay. Zac says, yes. He puts me up for the night. He cooks my favorite meal, chicken parmi and chips. He lets me choose what I can eat, uh, what I can watch on TV. I choose Marriott First Sight, obviously. 
And then he lets me drink his wine and we have a really lovely night. I go to bed, belly full, he tucks me in, gives me a kiss on the forehead and he goes to bed for the night. So on the surface, he's been really welcoming and hospitable, right? He's let me drink all of his wine, he's let me watch my show, he's fed me, he's put me in, he's tucked me into bed. But what about when Zacchaeus goes to bed for the night? He, he tucks himself in and he's sitting there laying in bed and he goes, he's thinking to himself, ugh, can't believe that this random stranger just came and tapped on my shoulder, asked to stay at my house for the night, drank all of my red wine, I missed my favourite show because she wanted to watch Married at First Sight, and now I have to do the sheets and cleaning tomorrow. So, he may have demonstrated welcoming hospitality physically, but on the inside, his heart and mind were sour about having to do these things. So, what does this little scenario teach us? It teaches us that welcoming hospitality isn't just about physically entertaining guests, but about being authentic about our actions on the inside. I then pondered what it would be like back then, in Jesus' time and Zacchaeus' time, of what it meant, what welcoming hospitality meant. So back then, Jesus was a very well-known figure, and for him to ask Zacchaeus to come to his house was a great deal of honour. It would be like the Queen of England in present day tapping me on the shoulder and saying, can you put me up for the night? It's a big deal, and obviously you're not going to say no. Zacchaeus would have been elated that Jesus had chosen to stay at his home for the night, and he would have done anything and everything in his power to ensure that his guest was satisfied in every way. So, salvation did not come to Zacchaeus because of the meal and bed that he gave to Jesus, but because of the genuine wanting within his soul to help Jesus selflessly. I actually got this next bit from Goose in a prayer this morning, so I'm going to steal it. But it's about the love in our hearts not the duty to do it. It's about the love in our hearts and not the duty to do it. So then it came to my next thought. Why is it important that we demonstrate welcoming hospitality? Why should I do it? Is God really going to care if I'm not welcoming and hospitable? Or is he really going to care if I am demonstrating welcoming and hospitable acts but I don't really feel it in my heart. I turned to the Bible to look for wisdom. The first verse that I found is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9, and it says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That obviously demonstrates what I've been saying, and, that it, and it fits quite well with Zacchaeus, but that wasn't enough, so I kept digging. I then found that Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. But there was another Bible verse that kept appearing to me. In fact, this Bible verse has appeared to me three times in the last few weeks as I've been preparing this service. It's shown up in our Bible study, it's shown up in my daily devotional, and it showed up in conversation. So I knew that 
God was telling me that I need to put this verse in today's sermon. And that verse is from Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40. And it says, and it's Jesus speaking, and he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So in a nutshell, the Bible says that we should help all people here on earth, whether they're strangers, enemies, or friends, because we should treat each person needing help as if they were Jesus himself or an angel sent from God. So then I was thinking, well, obviously, if Jesus came and knocked on my door and asked for a cup of sugar, I'd go and give him a cup of sugar. In fact, if Jesus was asking for a cup of sugar, I'd probably ask what he's making it for. Oh, he wanted a cup of tea? I'd make him that cup of tea. He wanted to make some muffins? I'll bake you some muffins. I'll probably give him the whole bag. I'd go above and beyond for Jesus, and I'd hope that everyone sitting in here probably would too. And I'd do it with love in my heart. But what about if a stranger came and knocked on my door for sugar? The same cup of sugar that Jesus had asked for. Would I go and do it? Probably, yeah. I would give the stranger a cup of sugar. That's just who I am. But would I go and talk to my husband about it afterwards and be like, what the heck has just happened? This guy just knocked on our door wanting a cup of sugar, never met him before, why us? Yeah, yeah, I probably would. I would be a bit weirded out, why, why us? But I'd be doing the thing. But I'd be feeling a bit weird about it on the inside. So from this sermon, I've now realised that it's not the cup of sugar that matters, but it, or doing the action that matters, but about what's within my heart and soul about doing that action. Perhaps the world would be a much nicer place if we were to treat everyone as if they were Jesus, with the same welcoming hospitality that we would give to Jesus himself. I wonder what the world would be like if we were to offer our enemies a scone and a cup of tea every time they spoke against us. Or if we were always paid for an extra coffee at our local coffee store when we were getting our morning caffeine fix. I'm sure it would be a world full of a lot more love and perhaps that milky cat with two could be the beginning to compromise between the disagreements that are in our world. So that's my challenge for you all today. Next week, 
when your coworker con that constantly gets on your nerves asks to borrow a pen, why not give him that pen? You have six more on your desk anyway. Next time your spouse is annoying you, why not just make him a cup of tea when you're making one? Or how about offering to help in the church kitchen every now and then? Whatever welcoming, hospitable act that you choose to do, just make sure that you do it with a loving heart full of kindness, as if you were doing that for Jesus himself. And on that note, let us pray. Dear God, thank you for being in the room with us all today. We are blessed to feel your presence with us in some way each and every day. I pray that you be with us this week as we mindfully try to demonstrate welcoming hospitality to those around us. We are grateful that you sent your only son down to earth for us so that he could teach about this amazing value. Be with us, Lord, as we go on with our weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Amber. Everyone, let's give her a round of applause. You did it. <laughs> well, thanks once again for joining us. If this service has been a blessing to you, why not share it with someone you know, or better yet, post it on your social feed because you never know how God might use what you share to bless someone you didn't even know needed it. Special thank you if you contribute towards making this ministry possible. We are so grateful. If you'd like to help, head to gawleyuniting.org.au and follow the links to begin giving. God bless you and we'll see you next time.